I I never some of my friends would put like Velcro there, something to keep it in place. Sure. I never did that. It just stayed. Um probably because of some ungodly something or other that had gotten on there and and I just didn't ask questions. Yeah. because uh, at that point the, the 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 less said about shit like that the better. Sure. Uh because yeah. I was nineteen and I didn't have time for for questioning, oh, what's that stain? <laughs> so Stains oh, are observed and not questioned. Right. Yes. Just like, yep, that's there now. That's yeah. that's there now. You know what else is observed and not questioned? What's that? Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Pixel. My name is Kevin. With me, as always, is Phil. On today's <laughs> show, we got a brand new book. Our first venture into the Warhammer. We're going into Games Workshop. We're going it's right into Games Workshop. We'll get Warhammer 40K Fire Warrior. This opens the door because this is an actual adaptation of a Warhammer 40K video game. Yes. But I think now that we've done this, Warhammer 40K is just on the table, we can say, right? <laughs> we've just we've just fully opened. I, I honestly thought whenever Space Marine 2 comes out, because they do love doing their yes. tie-ins, they do novel tie-ins for their uh, box sets and shit like that. Right, so right. So I was like, there'll probably be a Space Marine 2 novel tie-in. Uh, little did I know, didn't have to wait that long. Didn't have to wait. We got Didn't. Fire Warrior right here. Fire right we, here? Right we here. got, you know, kids are like, uh, uh, Mommy, Daddy, I want the Space Marine 2 novelization. And we're like, uh, we got the Space Marine 2 novelization at home. Yeah, and we got 40K at that, home. <laughs> that we got 40K at home. And that 40K at home is the adaptation of the 2003 uh, video game made uh, released by THQ. Yes. Called Warhammer 40k Fire Warrior. So a little bit about that game. Uh while I pull up my my notes on that. It was it came out in 2003 for the PlayStation 2 and Windows. It was developed by Kuju Entertainment and uh released by THQ as a first-person shooter. And unlike almost every other piece of goddamn media that you see uh, for Warhammer 40k, it's you would you would they would be like you would just be like oh it's you know another shooter from the point of view of a space marine right wrong yeah. you're you're playing as the Tau in in Warhammer 40k Fire Warrior, uh, which is a nice change of pace. I yeah. know it was 2003, but god damn it feels like by def like. Space Marines and the Imperium is like the default <laughs> oh, when yes. it comes to a lot of things. Yes, uh, very, much so. very much so. Very much so. Yeah, it's it's rare enough to get um, novels uh, yeah. around the Tau, uh, let alone a, f a whole goddamn video game. They were in one of the Dawn of War games, um, but they've never... I, I, I think they were trying something here. I think they were like, maybe people will go for him and we'll make. No, I don't think I don't think people went for him. Did they go for it? Did it do well? Uh, well, it no, it didn't. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know, know why you bother asking. There was no, there's no fire warrior too. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. Um, yeah, it it got bad reviews. Um, it it. it 
according to Wikipedia, Fire Warrior received generally unfavorable reviews oh. for Microsoft Windows and mixed or average reviews for PlayStation 2. Oh. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, on Metacritic, it sits at a, at a 47 Ooh. on PC and a 64 on PS2. Okay. And okay. yes, is that a is that a, a first person shooter that missed its mark? It sure is. Yes, I've already pitched it to Hot Cider for bullet Yay! time. <laughs> Let's do another Hot Cider. <laughs> do another bullet time. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Um so uh I I didn't I I know that while I was looking into the game I know that Lord Mandalore who is a pretty big YouTuber um, Lord Mandalore actually has a patch or a mod that he created for the oh. game for his review of the game that he did a couple of years ago to like fix a bunch of the things in the game so that it could be played in high definition. Um, nice. I thought I was like that's a neat little wrinkle I I haven't really looked into it yet but. If if we do uh, if I if I can talk James into doing it on bullet time, uh, we'll probably get deeper into it there. That'd be um, awesome. So Phil, that's the game. Who uh, wrote this book about ah. the Tao doing things? <laughs> the Tao doing things. Uh, Fire Warrior colon uh, the Tao doing things uh, was written by <laughs> Simon Spurrier, and uh, this was actually the first. Uh, Black Library, uh, Black Library being the uh, Games Workshop uh, literary imprint. This was his first uh, Warhammer-related book that he wrote for Black Library, not the last. He he went into this uh, period. He I think he did about four uh, Black Library books in as yeah. many years. Um, right. One of them being Lord of Night, which was a, uh, a Night Lords uh, novel uh, that I've always wanted to read because I like the, the the Night Lords a lot. Who are um, the Night Lords? They are a Chaos Renegade Space Marine uh, faction. They were chapter. They're one of the originals. Uh, they are Batman, the Space Marine chapter. Sure. Uh, gone fully evil. Uh, they use fear as a tactic, uh, as one of their war tactics, and they're all about cruelty and fear, and uh, and they're all pale and tragic and goth. So they're um, like also like the uh, they're Batman crossed with the Spanish Inquisition. Pretty much. Yes. Yeah. 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 They're, they're, I mean, not, there are a Surprise lot of Spanish and fear. Fear. There's and a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> No one expects the Night Lords. Uh, no one expects the Night Lords. No, uh, but no, he's he's got. But he it just kind of cut off after a few years. And his big thing though is uh, he has written so many comics, and he's written for some really really well known uh, franchises. He did uh, a lot of Judge Dredd stuff, which is fucking Ooh. cool in 2000 AD. Um, he did some Ghost Rider, some Wolverine, Punisher, X-Men, uh, X-Force. He did a really, I, I think he did a, like a several year long run with X-Force. He did uh, Constantine Hellblazer. Um, and he did uh, Dr. Aphra, uh, which is a really, oh, yeah. I yeah. loved Dr. Aphra. So did I. I. I didn't even think about that. Now, so Dr. Had a, Aphra a, was the, uh, she was in the Star Wars universe. She was the um, archaeologist that like yeah. works with Darth Vader uncovering old Sith secrets. Just just fucking excellent. And uh and he he did like he was the co-writer for about half a year and then uh issues 20 through 40 he he did uh solo. Uh so he did a nice long run uh with Dr. Afra. So he's he and, and uh let me see. 
I think most recently he's working on Uncanny Spider-Man. Um, yeah, he's done a lot. Doctor Strange. Like you think of a you think of a um, you know a popular comic book imprint, and this guy has has, has he's done it. Yeah, been yeah. involved. That, yeah. Doctor Afra, when Marvel started the Star Wars comics up again uh, after after like Disney after it was all under the the House of Mouse. And Marvel, yeah. it was like Star Wars belongs to Marvel um, in terms of the comic book uh, imprint. Um, yeah, Doc, Dr. Afra was, I, I didn't, I, I need, I want to read the rest of them because I remember reading like the first arc, the first storyline of that. And I was like, damn, this is neat. Yeah. Because it's you have this funny really and... interesting character in Dr. Yeah. Afra who's like this archaeologist who is just so morally gray yeah yeah <laughs> she's she like really... yeah i don't really care that i'm working with a general genocidal madman uh this stuff needs to be it belongs in a museum she yeah she's she's evil of... dr jones they're <laughs> yeah. not even evil so much like chaotic neutral dr chaotic jones. neutral indie <laughs> yeah no it's i i i read i think i read the first two arcs and and god they're good uh yeah yeah, they're, they're funny and great adventure, great twists, and she's it's just a been the, terrific my, character. Yeah, it's always been my favorite. Uh, my favorite stuff in the Star Wars universe uh, has always been those, like, investigations into those characters. Yeah. Like, those side characters. Um, and I think I think people are catching on. Like, that's why things like Andor did, you know, people loved Andor. It's like, there's not a, you know, I haven't watched it, but uh, I, I know watched it either. <laughs> I know there's not like a fucking Jedi. It's about all. It's about spycraft. Yeah, <laughs> there's so much you can. I mean, that's that's the thing about Star Wars that it, you know, has done well over the past few decades is that uh, the 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 original trilogy, the original nine films, really are Jedi stories. They are Jedi stories. Right. That that is true, but. Just like D and D or or any number of gaming franchises, it, it doesn't have to be their story all the time. You've got so much world there. Yeah, and Doctor Aphra is a great example of being yeah. able to tap into something different. I agree, and yeah, and it's something Star Wars can get away with that it's harder for like a superhero movie or series to get away with. This Star Wars is just a it's a setting. As opposed mm -hmm. to a genre, you yes. know, it doesn't need to be, uh, it doesn't necessarily need to be like, it doesn't need to be the heroic Jedi thing. It can be, you know, and Star Trek has even dabbled, has dabbled in that stuff as well. And sure. as, as we know, Warhammer 40k has also dabbled in that with, you know, sure they have enough. their, they <laughs> sure have with, yeah. they have their, they have their like murder mystery series. Yeah. They have. Like they have horror stories. Yep. Uh, that's what I like when you can when you can when you you have a a neat, well defined setting versus just like something that is always calls to mind a specific genre. I I think one of my my fascination with 40k and this will get us into the actual book has always been exactly that where yeah. people people think Warhammer in general whether you're talking fantasy or Age of Sigmar or 40k or whatever um, and the first thing people think is grimdark and don't get me wrong that is absolutely a part of it 100% uh, that is that's absolutely a, it. that's but, a flavor 
Yes, a huge and and an overarching flavor probably, but yeah. but there are then you've got stories and full books dedicated to like the orcs, sure. which are hilarious, whose technology only works because they believe it should. They literally will just hammer boxes and and wheels and shit together, and they go, "Well, it'll run," and it does somehow. They believe it. It it's yeah. And yeah, the power of suggestion actually got them into space. Red and that's, makes it go faster. The red makes it go faster. You know, just like it's <laughs> it's one it's that's insane and so silly and dumb and wonderful. And it exists in the same world as Space Vatican. Uh, you know, fucking It's like it, it, that's the great thing about the orcs in 40k, where it's like, well, we're gonna take this fucking fantasy ass race of yeah. people we're gonna drop them into basically uh we're gonna drop them into dune and see what happens yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. there was a i'll never there was a moment in in uh uh dawn of war three uh where you've got you've got the orcs you got the eldar and you've got uh, the the Imperium, and they're f- and they're all fighting over this artifact, and the Eldar are like, look, let's just give this, let's 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 like tempt. I think the idea is they want to tempt the orcs with the promise of this legendary artifact, and so they're trying to outsmart them, and and it's like the Eldar, the elves, very ethereal, and there's a weapon of great power uh, that that awaits you there, and, <laughs> and the guy goes, <laughs> and the orc says something like, what is it? Is it a shooter? A stabber! And the Eldar's like, it is a spear. Da-da-da-da. And goes into this long description of this ancient artifact spear of, like, great unending power. And the orc interrupts and goes, a super pointy stick! I want it! (laughs) (laughs) And it's wonderful. And they both exist in the same world. And you you can get your super, like really serious like oh man's gotta do what a man's gotta do and that includes genocide uh, side of right. 40k and then you've also got this this mold people that that like believe that paint makes their cars go faster because yes the orcs are are mold they are living fungus which um, is which feels like a callback to uh the the tolkien like uh uruk uh, or, yeah, Urukai, yeah. Where they, they're kind of like pulled out of the ground or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yes, yeah, something <laughs> like that. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. But I, so I, I, I'm excited that we're finally doing this. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't have a ton of experience with the Tao. Uh, and maybe that's a good enough excuse to go with this yeah, one. Yeah. I mean, as far as I know, from what I've read so far, they're space communists. Um, yeah. They are pretty based. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, that's, that's, and they're blue. And they're, they're, there, there's a lot of Japanese, uh, coding with them. Sure. You've got the big giant mech suits and stuff. And I never played this game, but I did watch uh, a long play of it just to get yeah. into it. Have you watched it? I kind of, I kind of skimmed through it just to kind of see the points in the book that we're going to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. The cutscenes. uh, um, the accents they give the Tao. Oh no, not great. <laughs> it's, oh. 
it's a shame because that's the thing. Like you look at the town, and you go, okay, yeah, there's a there's like this samurai, you know. Uh, logic to a lot of them and you see there's like an anime vibe to them the best thing anyone ever did when i was first getting into 40k and i asked them what the tau was all about and they're like uh it's the anime army do you like anime and i said not really and they're like they, they, you're fine then and that was and i was like and, and that has always proven true ever it's since been, like, like oh yeah, yeah giant mechs and and that's that you know yeah yeah <laughs> it's it's yeah and there's there's the the maoist kind of commie thing they're the closest this world has this universe has to like good guys because they really yes. do want everyone to work together that's what I, the vibe i get is like they have this belief this religious belief of the greater good yeah that is basically just communism and yeah. they just want they don't they're like they're not xenophobic well they are a little bit especially a when it comes bit. to humans they are um the humans are the guayla um uh-huh um which you're like that's a nice fake slur right there oh um, it's a good one it's almost as i don't suppose you know what the eldar word for uh human is no uh it's monkey <laughs> they call us monkeys <laughs> and the eldar are, are the elves space elves four, yeah space elves of 40k that's that's a good one yeah i tell you what it's probably a good thing that we live as far away from each other as we do because if we lived closer we'd probably be playing 40k a lot i feel we like probably would have gotten into 40k and i don't think that would have been good for either of our marriages i don't think i don't think i don't think we can handle that right now <laughs> I don't think that it, might have I don't, to be that might have to be a retirement thing for yeah, us. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll put that off a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah, put it off. But let's uh, let's let's put this body in the marsh. Oh, let's do it. What fucking size of dog is that? That's a big fucking dog, man. We start with a prologue. We're in a prologue, and I don't know what's happening. Um, <laughs> the prologue is in first person, and it seems like a space marine is dying. Uh, fun fact, space brains have three hearts? Two. Um, two. Okay. Mm -hmm. Two hearts. He's trying not to die. Um, and then we jump over. We cut to a space marine is in his bunk uh, using some tarot cards to read the future as his ship is hurtling through the warp. And that's the prologue. And yep. I think the this this ties into basically where we're going to leave off today. Um because I think the ship is the same one that is going to cause some problems later. Yes. Um, chapter one. Uh, it starts via flashback from our main character, uh, Shasla Tau Kais. Um, and Sashla is his rank. Uh, yeah. Tau is the planet he was born on. And Kais is Kais. Had, you know, Kais, Kais, Kis. I, I was I was hearing Kais in my head. Kais, yeah. Kais, uh, yeah. So and Kais is his given name. Uh, he's a low-ranking Tau soldier who is also the son of a great Tau general. Um, now, two things. There's a planet called Tau. There is other planets in the Tau Empire. Yeah. He is also just generally a Tau. That is the race. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're kind of like the Covenant in uh, Halo. Yes. In the sense they like kind of like the, you know. And if there are actually human uh, Imperium uh, planets that have joined the Tau. 
Uh, oh, okay. Like they'll, they'll take anybody who sees anyone what who doing. Wants, wants to be in on the greater good. Come aboard. E- exactly. <laughs> uh, I think there are even rules for playing uh, Imperial Guardsmen who are who are uh, working Tau. with the Tau or something like yeah. that. So, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so he's the son of a great Tau general. Uh, Kais remembers being a kid and training uh, and the training of his regiment being interrupted by a visit from his father who walks around and is super judgy and glares at him. Yeah. Um, these flashbacks are cut back and forth between Kai's getting ready to do his first drop into hostile territory. Um, so think of, uh, if you've ever watched band of brothers, uh, basically they're doing a, they're parachuting. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's in the airborne. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way of looking at it. Actually, I hadn't thought about that. That's good. Um, it's, uh, you know, they're going over Normandy beach right now and they're about to be dropped behind enemy lines. Um, yeah, his, his father is a general and is like, yeah, you're, 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 uh, I guess you're adequate. Uh, so yeah. they're, he's getting ready to do his first drop in a hostile territory. And then back in the flashback, Kai's father tells him that anyone can overcome their inadequacies for the greater good. And he gives him a little card, um, with a Tao <laughs> saying on it. Yeah. Um, I like to imagine as like a, it feels kind of like a, uh, what do you call it? Like a little tract. There you go. He hands him a a chick tract and, and you know, that's it. Right. Uh, (laughs) It's like, this one's about what happens if you play D and D. Here you go. Yeah. There you go. Enjoy that. (laughs) This is from your father. This is from your father. This will this will uh, have to do in lieu of a of a of a, a physical contact. Yeah, in lieu in lieu of actual love, here right. is <laughs> this chick track that somebody handed him on the on the way here. Yeah, I don't want <laughs> you throw this away. You we throw this say. away. Yeah. Um, so in present day, the commander of the unit he's in uh, talks to him about uh, before the drop about his father. Uh, and at this point, his father has passed away and mentions to him, no matter how prepared that Kai's thinks he is by the simulations that he's been in, he is not ready for live combat. And it's best to just don't pretend you're ready for, for live combat. No, but it, there's like, there's literally nothing that will prepare you for live combat, which is yeah. interesting that having read a bit of Warhammer stuff from like the Imperium point of view, um, the Imperium would be like, like, you know, fuck you, uh, yeah. glory to the Emperor. Yeah. Why aren't you ready to go die for you? Like, you should be ready to die for the Emperor. What do you mean? <laughs> That's yeah, exactly. That's the whole point. You're here to die for the Emperor. You're here to That's, die. Um, you, aren't you lucky? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. That's absolutely their attitude. Yeah. <laughs> um, the commander then mentions that the mission details are that there has been an incident. And that they are to engage and destroy, and that's all they're being told. <laughs> um, we cut over to another Tau named Kovash, who is a high-ranking member of Tau society. He's being held prisoner somewhere by the Imperium. Uh, he's being questioned by a man named Adept Farakus, who is involved in the Office of Xenobiology for the Imperium and specializes in learning about the Tau. Uh, Kovash tells him that he won't give up any information that could possibly hurt the Tau uh, government or what have you. Uh, meanwhile, Kais and his squad drop. Uh, we get into a brief interlude from an imperial. Imper- this is I loved this moment. Yeah. So we get this interlude 
from the point of view of uh, an Imperium lieutenant who is on the other side of the Tau invasion force. And this lieutenant's like, all right, guys, come on, let's form up. We're going to get these guys. Uh, let's do it. He's just giving them a speech, like, hold the line. And then the section ends with, um, and then the lieutenant and all of his men were cut to ribbons into a pink, uh, fine pink mist. Yeah. <laughs> just... It's, of it's, auto cannon fire. <laughs> it's about as 40k of writing as you can get, where it's just like we've got names, here's their characters, here's the inspirational speech. Oh, they're dead. They're <laughs> dead. They're dead. Just like that. We're we're yeah, it's like and and Simon, the author, Simon's like, yeah, I'm gonna name these characters and they're gonna yeah. fucking die. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you gonna... about tell tell you about their hopes and dreams right before yeah. they die. Of course I yeah. am. Yeah. Did, I'm I'm only dedicating a page and a half to it. It's not like I'm wasting space here. They're yeah. gonna fucking die. Um, but you're gonna find about the, you're gonna find out about the girl back home. Yes, you are. The girl it's, back home, and guess what? The girl back home's not gonna find out about how this person died. She'll never. Uh, know. They're not. She'll they'll never, never know. know because guess what? The body. There's no body left. None. None. After the after those those and auto cannons and it's hit universes them. away. It's not happening. No. It's it's not happening. Um. No. So. Uh, Kai's fights his way through, and we get a lot of commentary on how gross he thinks the humans or Guayla are, because he's like, he's basically like calling them water balloons. Like they yeah. just, <laughs> like it's like ew, they're so wet. <laughs> yeah, they, they, I love that. There's this emphasis on how wet humans are, and 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 later on, we do get a moment where the I think it's the guy, the 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 guy who's like kidnapped the uh, the, the high ranking official, like comments on like how dry the Tau are and how strange right. and kind of yeah. dusty they are. Almost, so. Right. Yeah, I love um, it. That's cool. It's amazing, and uh, uh, like there's a moment where Kai's is fighting through, and he's like up ahead, he sees. Uh, a sergeant and he knows her and he's known her forever. And then in the next sentence is like, he sees her head explode. (laughs) 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 It's like, okay, just not pulling any punches here. (laughs) No, it's like, this is, this is what you signed up for. This is what's happening. This is that, you know, that, you know, that moment from, um, saving Private Ryan, it, where it's like the Normandy Beach invasion, mm-hmm. specifically where the guy is walking around looking for his arm, and he like picks it up. Oh yeah, <sighs> that's Warhammer 40k stretched over a thousand thousands of books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's not enough. It's not enough for you your characters to die. You have to die hopelessly. <laughs> you have to die with little hope. There's nothing gonna nothing is gonna get better from your death. I, I think when I first started reading this stuff, I started with space marines like you do. And uh and I would kind of roll my eyes at a lot of it because when a space marine would die, it would always be in this grandiose way where they would like save a whole platoon or something like that. And right. that's, they'd set, they'd lay their life down for that. And I'd go, Oh Jesus Christ, how many of these deaths do I have to get? And then I started reading Imperial guard stuff, uh, which is every bit as brutal, uh, but hopeless. So I was like, Oh, I see space marines. That's the optimist books. That's, that's the that's, ones to keep you from hanging yourself in the closet. I get it. Yeah, I get it now. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Those are the, those are the good, those are the good, like, um, you know the 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 hopeful. That's, yeah, 
Yeah, that gives, there's hope. hope. Space, but there, there's no hope with the Imperial Guard. <laughs> yeah. Or the Astra Militarum, I think is what they call them now. Yeah. Um, so, uh, in a brief interlude, one of the dropships, uh, so there was two dropships bringing units down. One of the dropships gets absolutely annihilated by the autocannons, um, the Imperium autocannons. And it's just a great moment where the pilot's like, the pilot looks out the window and is relatively sure she can see the shells coming for her right before everything turns to fire. (laughs) (laughs) I have to believe at this point, we're not even a third of the way through this book, and I have to believe that the entire book is going to have these little interludes of like a page, half a page of, oh, now I'm dead now. Like, (laughs) like, you're like, hey, uh. A lot of people are dying, but let's yeah. focus. Let's zoom in on this one person. Yeah, yeah. War <laughs> as hell. Why don't you come along with me? We'll talk more about it. Come on, let's, come on. Let's watch some people die. <laughs> let's watch some people die. Um, and then it comes down crashing. An Imperium tank gets destroyed, and the trench gets blocked. And Kai's commander's like, "Well, the drop zone's a little hot, so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get back. We're gonna fall back and circle up." And Kai's is like, "I can't." Uh, the the trench is blocked off, mm-hmm. and and uh, Chassel, um his his commander, uh, is like, yeah, you gotta you gotta uh, move to the extraction point on your own, and this is level one. Yep. Um, <laughs> there it is. You finally uh, get control of the character. You finally get control of the character. Uh, meanwhile, we get a point of view view set, uh, scene from a coward human who just wants to live, and he's hanging out in a nearby bunker. And the captain of this little bunker they are in receives a transmission. It's like they intercept a transmission from the Tau. But, uh, and then he's like, ah, shit, I know what the Tau are doing. And he's going to radio into command, but the comm line gets cut off. And he tells Nico, the coward, to run towards the command position and tell him that he knows the Tau are attacking the city as a diversion. And the real target is the prison. And Nico takes this message and runs off. Kai's gets the order from uh, Chassel that, and Chassel's a rank, not the, the not a, not the name. The, yeah. The, the character's name is Lucia. Lucia. Yes. Chassel Tao Lucia or something like that. Anyway, the com- Kai's commanding officer. <laughs> yeah. uh, Kai's gets the order that uh, the Imperium intercepted a transmission and that Kai's goes needs to kill the messenger. And we get this lovely... The next two scenes are not from Kai's perspective, and it's hilarious <laughs> because it's Nico running. He's getting through the trenches, and he gets into a town, and he's getting closer to the command bunker, right? And he's like, I'm safe. And then his kneecap explodes because <laughs> Kai's shot him in the fucking kneecap. <laughs> It's from Chassel's point of view, watching Kai's on these like monitors from the ship. And he's like, he's got Kai's heart rate and all that stuff. And he sees like, he sees like Kai's approach Nico and Nico's on the ground holding his kneecap. And Kai's just like, put, put his gun up and shoot Nico in the head. And Chassel's like, oh, this guy's excited. He's, he seems to be excited about murdering people. <laughs> Oh, oh, I see. Oh. Um, yeah, he realizes Kai's, Kai's might have a gift for murder. Um, and just then, a tank starts attacking Chassel's ship. 
Uh, Kai's then takes over a turret and blows the tank up because he's actually the Michael Jordan of killing things. He sure is. Uh, <laughs> and we find that out in a big goddamn hurry, don't we? <laughs> he goes from like green, wet behind the ears to no. murdering literally everybody he sees. Yeah. Yeah, um, we basically go from a flashback of his father looking up, looking him up and down, and saying mediocre, and then, <laughs> and then suddenly he's the the, the fucking Michael Jordan of shooting humans in the knee. His father, his father, who looked suspiciously like Bill Murray, looked him up and down and said, <laughs> "Medium talent." <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> We don't. They don't. They don't waste any time. Spurrier does not waste any time getting him into. But like, Kai's okay. is not. Kai's is not Chevy Chase. He's the. He's the special one now. He's the special one. <laughs> he's the special. Um, he is your player character. Yeah, exactly. Um, Kai's clears the extraction point, and the dropship picks. Dropship picks him up. Mission over. That's the end of level one. <laughs> yep. Chapter two starts with Governor Lord Maylock Severus. Uh, going to see Kovash, the prisoner, and he wants to use their new new torture toy on him. Uh, meanwhile, Lucia, the the Chassel, uh, tells the unit how their attack was just a distraction, and that just a single unit is going to be inserted in the prison to get the Aeun out. And that's Kovash. He's an Aeun. Lot whatever. There's yeah. like a lot of Tao stuff that is not English. <laughs> and I'm, I don't remember it all. Yeah. Uh, I have some of it written down, but he's an Aeun, which is an ethereal at the top level. He's like fourth from the top. Of, yeah. Of, they get of, in. I mean, they get into like, yeah, they do actually get into like the ranking a fair amount. The what only these thing words I ever, mean. Yeah. Like the only thing I knew with the, 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 the Tao is like the cast, you know, named Fire Warriors because. He's the from cast the fire cast. They're the fire yeah. cast, and they're known for war and, and physical combat. And, and that air sort of cast is like are the pilots and, yeah, exactly. and stuff like that. And the water cast are the ethereals, and they're diplomats and, and mental right. people. And the earth cast, I think, are like the menials, like the farmers and shit Got like it. that. So I believe, yeah. I think that's right. Right. Um, I would be earth cast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We don't I like to be. think we'd be a badass like wizard or fire out. Nope, I'd be a fucking pumpkin farmer. I'd be like, you guys yeah, going just, to war? Here you go. <laughs> have some pumpkins. You're, you yeah, I hope, hope you like. Hope you like your rations. <laughs> you could have some pumpkin pie. Yeah. <laughs> well, you oh, go kill lots of humans. Nope. <laughs> hope you kill some lots of humans. Come back. Can't, oh, you got to come back around summertime. We're gonna have that blueberry pie. <laughs> Can't kill Guila on an empty stomach. Can't kill get a Guila. You know, in the fall, we're going to have, you know what's going to happen in the fall? We're going to get apple pie. We're going to have <laughs> fresh, I want, fresh I want picked, these town now. <laughs> fresh picked apples. It's that, was it, is it Tim Heidecker did that character or, oh God, there's this behind the scenes of Tim and Eric where I think it's Tim Heidecker. He's dressed up as like a Southern man, like a big fat Southern man, just talking about pies. It's not even a real sketch. That's the thing. It's not a real sketch. He's backstage and he just started talking about it. like, well, you got to, you know, the summer come, you got them blueberry pie. And then the winter, you got that pump. Oh, I got to get that pumpkin. You got to get that first pumpkin. That has to be how most Tim and Eric sketches came about. Yeah. Just 
I don't even know what the real sketch would have ended up being. Right, right. Because exactly. that's the one that ends up in a fresh apple pie. Mm, no <laughs> like that apple pie. Yeah, and that's become yeah. my default default southern gentleman like accent is this the accent from that sketch where he's just oh yeah. <laughs> I, I I had to do an accent for uh for for Sam, our friend Sam, uh over on the channel Afterthoughts. Uh she goes, she she, you know, will just throw a bunch of quote at, quotes at me and be like, Hey, you wanna <laughs> you wanna do some voices for me? And uh, and I was like, Yeah, sure, whatever. And one of them was Mark Twain. Oh, so, very nice. Uh, so, you know, I just had to I was like, Well, Mark Twain was was a southern gentleman, wasn't he? He had a he had a bit of a southern voice and <laughs> get in there and there's there's i mean there's a few recordings of him but um you know so i i sli- the you only mean way to I- tell me that you didn't do a deep dive of research into mark twain's I listened actual to voice 10 seconds of an old wax cylinder recording of mark twain's voice okay that's, <laughs> that's probably enough it's probably fine and uh cuz he was from missouri wasn't he i think so yeah yeah um and so, you know, I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to get into that apple pie. And then I read, <laughs> I, I read the, read the quote and there, there we go. Yeah. Uh, fuck. Where were we? What are we doing? <laughs> that fresh pumpkin. <laughs> pumpkin. You gotta have that pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> so Kais becomes agent 47, um, from the Hitman franchise. Yep. He uh he's he's just gonna world of assassination, baby. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> he is a killing machine. Uh, he's a killing machine. And we see a transmission from the governor, Governor Lord Maylock Severus, asking for help from an admiral who's on the way with space marines. Um Kai sneaks his way through the prison and kills a bunch of guards. He gets shot at at one point, but he gets over it. He's a tough guy. It's a, it's a, it's a shoulder wound. You know, it's the action hero. I got shot in the shoulder. I'm fine. I ain't got time to bleed, etc. I got time to bleed. Um, meanwhile, Lucia is telling his superior that he sent Kai's a measly Shazla to infiltrate the prison. Prison. Shasho, uh, the superior, claim, calms down after being angry that he sent such a lowly Shashla. Uh, <laughs> I still have no idea what we're talking about. Uh, to go into the prison, but he's like, fine, all right, well, commence the bombardment anyway. Um, the prison warden, who is another human coward, is hiding out, and, uh, you know, he's just keep duck and cover. And he looks out, and he sees that the Tau have amassed outside of the prison. Um, Kai's kills some more dudes, and then he finds his friend Yol, who he thought was dead. But he's not dead. He was merely taken prisoner. Uh, There's a bunch of survivors, and Kai's gets Yol to escort them out of the prison from the way he came in. Uh, Meanwhile, up in space... Uh, Captain Ardius of the Ultramarines debates the merits of sleep while sitting on the Enduring Blade, which is on oh, its way to action. It. He, he hates that sleep. He fucking hates sleep. He's like, I wish I could get away with it, but uh, the doctor's telling me I need four hours, so I guess <laughs> I'll take it. The Space Marine Doctors. The space Marine Doctors. Um, yeah. Um, 
so then uh, Kai's finds a chapel dedicated to the God Emperor, and he's like, this is what they worship? Yeah. What is wrong with these people? <laughs> I love this scene because it makes me think of this this um, uh, this comic strip I saw once, and it's just it's just a one panel like Far Side style like comic, and it's these two aliens, uh, like standard gray aliens, and they're, they're UFOs in the background that clearly just landed, and they're standing in front of the crucified Jesus Christ, and they're all they're both just slack jawed staring up at him, and the caption says, "You know what? Let's get the fuck out of here." <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, they're like, you know what? Pass. We'll pass. pass. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna but keep going. There's some good description from Kai's point of view. It's like it's like a grotesque man who is looks dead. I think he's dead. Is he dead? I don't is know. He, his yeah. head is being held up by a bunch of tubes, and his eyes are just kind of hanging out there, glassy. And I think he's dead. Is he I dead? think he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> I I love this so much because <laughs> it's such a great. Uh, opportunity uh, that you don't see because you're right you know the imperium of man is usually 95 percent of the time our main characters in what we're we're looking at uh in in warhammer and um it's one of those rare opportunities that we get to see what humanity looks like from uh, from another yeah. side yeah. and and it, i had this huge epiphany where the tau looking at humanity it's like that's the way that humans look at orcs, right? They say, they're just like, oh, these fucking barbaric. Like, look at their disgusting architecture. Look at how right. Like, there's no grace to it. They're just brutal, nasty yeah, yeah, characters. Yeah. And, and the Tau, meanwhile, are like they worship a dead guy on a throne, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who's just has feeding tubes. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's such a it's such a great way of going. Oh yeah, like that. <laughs> Probably looks really messy. And from from what I understand on brief research, the Tau are like one of the newest additions to 40k. Yeah, they're one of the they're one of the youngest races uh, in the game and in, in the it. universe in general. Got it. Um, yeah, they're like the Eldar, like the oldest, and uh, the Tau are I think probably the youngest. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Interesting. Yeah. Um, that's fascinating. Uh, it's, but it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's just it's such a cool way of seeing because you know if you do enough, if you enjoy this franchise enough, you just kind of naturally, as a point of practice, just mutter for the emperor under your breath all the time, uh, and forget about the 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 proto fascists uh, that are our main characters almost all the time. Yep, and uh, and and you see it from the point of view of. Uh, they still get their brutality on, but a, a somewhat, let's say, more civilized uh, civilization. Probably, probably yeah, uh, relatively the most civilized civilization in right. the in the greater 40k conflict. You know, yeah, yeah. I'd say they and the Eldar are probably the one like, the, and the Eldar are, are skirted out because they're egomaniacs and fully arrogant about yeah, things. they're fucking assholes. Yeah, they're assholes, and so it's. I loved this part so much because it was such a great perspective which you almost never get uh right in, in this world yeah uh that's amazing um so um yeah kai's is like all right weird weird person to worship and moves on um meanwhile farrakis has corso strapped into the pain machine from princess bride um <laughs> sure does <laughs> 
the, what's hilarious is that the way it's described in the book, it does not match the way it's described, like shown in the game at all. Mm-hmm. I feel like in the game, he's like lifted up into the air on a like he's being held by electricity or whatever. I don't think it wasn't like that in the book. It didn't seem like he no. Was just, in the book, it was far more kind it of. Was like, he was just like had straps on him. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a little more physical and brutal uh, in the book. I think it was they were trying to emphasize. He's trying to emphasize what he had been about like like this 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 is a brutal people and yeah yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's that princess bride scene, basically. Um, <laughs> pretty much governor Severus doesn't want him asked any questions though. He just wants Corso made more pliable. Uh, <laughs> Farrakis switches the device on and then Kai's shows up and kills a bunch of people, including Farrakis by shooting him in the head. And mm-hmm. we get all of that from Farrakis's point of view, uh, including his own death. In which, right before he dies, he tries to figure out the trajectory that his brain and skull is going to fly in uh, when he gets shot. And wouldn't you know it, he guessed right. He guessed right. <laughs> it's such a mechanicus thing. Cause he's, he's, he's in a mechanicus character, so he's, like, obsessed with, well, mechanics. Uh, it's all science and robotics right. and technology. So I, I, I thought it was very appropriate and morbid and beautiful i i quite liked that (laughs) yes um severus escapes to the shuttle bay and has his sergeant send one of his men in to secure the prisoner Uh uh-oh spaghettios it's a space marine um (laughs) no way uh and kais is outmanned and outgunned uh because it's a space marine right what what are you supposed to do and i love in the book he's like he's as tall as he is wide the yeah. space marine. <laughs> yeah, they describe him as basically a living tank. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, until Corso, uh, the ethereal Aeon, stares at uh, Kai, Kai's and makes him really believe in the power of being part of the greater good. Mm-hmm. Um, Kai's then uh, John Wick's over to a plasma pistol that's on the ground and shoots the space marine in the face. Yeah. <laughs> Just right in the face. Yeah. Uh blows his head right off. It's dead. He yeah. he one he headshots a space marine and kills him. I thought that was the point of the space marine's armor, that that wasn't doable. But well, I guess with a I mean a I mean proximity and plasma, I guess. Plasma will do it. Plasma will, <laughs> will fuck anybody up. Uh so it's a nice especially when you watch in the game where he's just another boss that you've got to soften up yeah, with you just gotta you roll got. you, yeah, you just gotta strafe around him until you can kill him. Right in the game. And and uh but yeah, plasma plasma gun will 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 kill a space marine good and dead. Uh yeah. Uh, right but, in the fucking face. But like, a, that but that is that is basically a level one character taking out like a level. 10 character at least so yes the scale yeah. is a little wow yeah, he you know the the level one character found a scroll of power word kill right and <laughs> pretty much yeah <laughs> and and used it and it worked because for some reason the space marine had like tripped earlier and was under 100 uh, 100 hp from like right. falling down a set of stairs, right. so power word kill just killed him outright, and he won. Um, and he didn't, he didn't think much about it at the time, but he didn't know that the kid had that scroll. Didn't, didn't know, know that the kid had that scroll. Just didn't um, know. 
uh, you know, and it's uh, shit happens. Yeah, you know, when you roll the dice, gotta yeah, gotta just roll up a new character. He'll be fine. Roll up a new character, Shake Space it off. Marine. You'll be fine. Um, maybe a bard this time. Yeah, <laughs> have fun with it. Get horny in your game. Why not? Um, Kai's wins again. He's the boy who wins. Um, yes, he is. <laughs> Uh, the dropship comes back around and picks uh, Corvo and or Corso and Kai's up. Uh, things are good. Things are great. Mission accomplished, right? Oh, yep. no. The Imperium fleet has arrived <laughs> outside of Dolomar 4, which is where they were. Uh, yeah. And that's where the chap that that's where chapter two leaves off. The Imperium fleet is is yeah. here with a whole thing of ultramarines. Whole contingent of ultramarines oh, ready yeah. to go. Here we go. So that'll that'll that's that's our segment for this episode. Phil, how you? What are your vibes on it so uh, far? I'm enjoying it. I think any I think any even even mediocre 40k is uh, is better than a lot of the stuff we read on this show. Yeah. You you, yeah. you texted me earlier and you said uh, I could feel the gaminess of this book. Yes, and I, you're 100 correct. There are. And I pointed out it's not as bad as we got with some of the early Halo books where they right. felt the need to do it step by step. Yes. Um, but there are, like, he goes to rescue. He's like, and he found out he had to rescue 10 prisoners. And it's like, oh, uh-huh. got it. Got it. And and to, to Spurrier's credit, he doesn't take us to every one of the 10. Um, and I think he does do a really good job of yeah. adapting like all this stuff about his dad and like the background is you get none of that in the game. You're right. just a faceless Tau warrior. He created all of that whole cloth so we could actually appreciate this character and root for him. Right. Um I like the brutality of it. Uh it, Oh he, yeah, I know. It's it's you it, you got to have that brutality in there. Yeah, and, and the the game doesn't look very good. Uh so I feel like he's he's doing his best with what he's uh what he's got. So I'm enjoying it so far. It's, it, it's, it's a page turner. It goes by quick. So yeah, it does go by quick. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, I definitely think, uh, he's done a good job covering up the game. Like, I think the only reason I, it felt gamey to me is because I know that it's based on a game. So oh, as sure. I'm like going through these scenes, I'm like boss fight, um, yeah, you know what I, mean? I don't know. I think even if you didn't know it was a game, I, I bet you would have picked up on that. It does yeah. feel like that. It feels it very video gamey. Very video gamey. Find the ten prisoners. Yeah, um, exactly. They, uh, they did everything but like kill rats in the basement. So, <laughs> um, yeah, he's got to oblivion his way right out of that prison. Um, right. <laughs> he's got to save the emperor who then dies and is voiced yeah. by Patrick Stewart. Um, naturally yeah. naturally mm-hmm. um yeah so i i mean i like the brutality it's it's fun brutality uh yeah. so far uh very 40k and i i i think i really like the tau as uh a good counterpoint to the imperium you know oh, I, yeah. I think the the imperium it's like uh and i wouldn't mind seeing the tau get a little bit more uh in the future i know they you know, aside from this, and there's a few video games I looked up. There's like one called Tau Commander or something like that. Oh, I don't um, think I knew about that one. Awesome. Um, but yeah, yeah, it'd just be nice if the Tau had a little bit more exposure out there. 
Um, yeah. 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 Pretty yeah. good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty as good. far as as far as you know, first forays into 40k for this show. Uh, not bad. Not bad at all. Not and it's 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 a very light 40k. Yes. Yes. It's a very airy 40k. I'll say. It doesn't um, get too dense. That is absolutely. Doesn't get true. too dense. It's not like yeah. a heavy cake, right? It's not right. like a heavy chocolate cake that we're eating here. This is an like, angel food forty. This is a, this is an angel food forty k. This is yeah. a this is a a, a, a pit, we we got a nice light uh uh uh, uh patissier uh <laughs> like we're we're it's it's French it's yeah. going down light. Lots of puff pastry. Um, lots of lots of puff pastry. Yeah. Um. It's it's uh the homemade pop tart of 40k. Ooh. Um, I know you just did that late uh, recently. So. Oh, we had a good time. We had a good time. <laughs> All of my social media is dedicated to the food I'm eating, basically. <laughs> uh. All right. Well, with that being said, Phil, I have to ask you. Mm. What are you playing? Oh, oh, I'm glad you asked. Uh, I I actually, I got, I finished a couple of games uh, since we spoke last. Nice. Uh, one of them was me getting into the uh, the, the spooky season, uh, which oh, we are now Oh, yes, in. I know you love a good spooky season. Absolutely. And we all love playing horror games. Some of us like playing them year-round, but they're particularly good when it hits October or something. But a game that I keep coming back to... Uh, anytime Halloween comes around is Costume Quest. And uh, I think I've recommended uh, this game to you and your, your kid. Uh, yes. In fact, maybe on, on, on the show. Uh, but for those of you who don't know, Costume Quest is this really fun, cute, double-fine game where you play uh, one of a, of, a, of a pair of siblings and the other one gets stolen away. It's Halloween. You're about to go out trick-or-treating and your twin gets stolen away by these goblins that are trying to steal all the town's candy because they're obsessed with candy and it's something to do with this dark magic that they're trying to right. they're trying to resurrect this evil god or something like that. Um, and you've got a it's and it's a RPG and you go around and you collect costumes and pieces of costumes and the combat system is really wonderful because, for example, you've got this robot costume, which is clearly made out of painted cardboard boxes, and you got roller skates and stuff, and they help you jump ramps and everything out of combat. But when you go into combat, these weird little goblins and you and your weird little robot suit become kaiju, and you are an oh, actual awesome. mech suit robot who fires missiles. It's that's all about hilarious. imagination. It's really cute, and... and it's very funny and uh, double fine. I think uh, did it, and it's it's, God, it's like eleven years old now, uh, and I've I've beaten it several times, and it's just fun and cute, and it's truly a Halloween game because it's all taking place on Halloween. Everything, it's very, it's a very. Um, you know, Halloween Town kind of a, a vibe to it, where it's cute, it's fun, it's funny, uh, but it doesn't go into anything too heavy or dark right. or anything like that. And sometimes right. you just, sometimes you need that, especially if you're like us, who people who play horror games not just as a treat in the fall, sure. but it basically as a career. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so that's that's one, and I can't recommend it enough. I, I think anybody who wants something 
just a little a little different from your amnesias and your you know you know uh, uh, any of those old outlasts and shit like that uh, right costume quest absolutely i've never i've got the sequel i need to play it i've never i've never uh, i don't think i've played it before i don't remember playing it um i have to do that but uh the other one i came back to this game i got this from back in my game review days years ago the the publisher sent me a a, a copy of it and uh, I never finished it, although I really enjoyed it. It's called Nantucket. Um, okay. And this is basically, functionally, a sequel to Moby Dick. Hmm. Uh, you play Ishmael after Ahab has been swallowed up and everything like that. And it's right. it's a it's a uh, whaling strategy game. That is weird. It's really weird. It's really weird, and and there are the different ports, and you've got to, and you and you go you go whaling. That's your main source of income. Yeah, you, have, you literally are out there like throwing harpoons at different kinds of whales and bringing their oil and blubber home to to sell. Yeah, uh, in Nantucket. And you do feel a little bad about that sometimes, but they will knock the shit out of you. So you get you, yeah, you get I over mean, it pretty quick. They're whales, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they'll fuck you up. And uh and along the way you've got these different quests and and stuff. So it's it's if you liked Sid Meier's Pirates, okay. Um you might really enjoy this. It's pretty brutal because um and I'm going to tell people now if you play this game, a heads up, uh it automatically has you in tutorial mode to start with, and the only thing about tutorial mode is that it's a little easier and you don't get the achievements and you will play under tutorial mode for forever and wonder why am I not getting the achievements? Why am I not progressing in certain ways? Uh, and it's because you start out that way. And so you have to, in character creation, uh, change it to Sea Dog, which is the only other option. Yarr. And that is basically playing it XCOM on hardcore mode. Uh, <laughs> when, when, you, when you die, it's over and you have to start over again. Okay. And it's... It's uh, and I skate. I, I cheated a lot where it was like I would just like alt tab and like close the uh, the thing and reload it when I got back in. You know, just to just to because I don't I hate that shit. I don't see why it's necessary. Right. Um, uh, but I it is a really good game. Uh, and they have some DLC for it now that I'm, I'm thinking about getting back to uh, trying it again. But I it, it's it's something. Between the nautical theme, which we all know I, I always I always love, um, yeah. and the strategy element to it, the soundtrack's great. You get some good sea shanties, kind of like uh, Assassin's Creed Four style. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's it it might have been a board game. It plays like a board game. Sort I was just of. looking at pictures of it. and It was like this looks board game. This is this is very board game core yeah. right here. Yeah, and it's it's also one of those games that. When you start out, it's pretty hard, um, but when you get ahead of steam on you and you get a few levels under your belt and you get some rhythm to it, holy shit, do you feel like a badass, and it's right. super fun, and uh, I I really like... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, look up the the team that did it because i really again they they gave me a copy of this when it came out which i think was in yeah, yeah this is 2018 so they, uh, picaresque picaresque um and they're i i really enjoyed this uh and i did review them on my channel and everything like that that's just another thing where it's like uh i'm gonna i gotta give them another head uh, heads up because this is a great game Ooh, there's a three dollar dlc which adds 30 minutes of new sea shanties to your soundtrack Ooh, <laughs> that's totally worth it that's totally <laughs> worth it 
Oh, and their other DLCs got challenge modes and oh, and a new Bring map. You get to go out to the east. Rum. Oh shit. Okay, that's going on the wish list. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I finished that one, and it's it's <laughs> the story's really weird. Uh, again, it's a sequel to Moby Dick, um, uh, and it's it's very strange. That's, yeah. It's it was super fun. Nantucket, I, I highly recommend it. That's a good one. Soon um, may the wellermen come to yeah. bring us sugar and tea <laughs> <Yeah>. and rum. <laughs> what about you, Kevin? What have, what have you been playing? I have been playing. Um, so I have been playing Starfield. Um, okay. And uh, I'm you know like thirty hours into Starfield. Um, I think I'm more well past halfway on the main quest okay on that i think i'm pretty far into the the main quest on that um but i took a pause on starfield because somebody was telling me so lies of p you know the ah somebody uh was like you know how it's it so originally i thought it was just going to be the bloodborne we have at home um but it's it's actually better than that. Um, I, I I was going to say I've got it on good authority that if you like a Souls like game, that that is actually very solid. It's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> I hate to say it's pretty good. Um, it's not like it's it's probably the one of the best non from software Souls likes that I've played. Wow. Um, which I mean, I'll be clear. There's like the From Software Souls likes, and then there's a nice air wall, and then there's the rest <laughs> of them. Yeah, let me be clear about that. Um, yeah, it's it. One of the, a few of the things like it's super linear, and I know uh, one of the one of the things I like about the From games is that usually there's multiple directions that you can kind of go in at once. Uh, mm -hmm. You don't have to usually follow the same path all the time. Um, that's one of the things that I'm like, eh, on. Um, maybe it, it changes later in the game as you go through it, but right now it feels a little bit linear. Um, mm -hmm. And the other thing uh, is it's closer to... It's closer to Bloodborne than any of the other Souls games. Okay. Um, actually, it's closer to Sekiro. Um because, uh, explain that. I don't. I don't know okay, what the hell that so, means. <laughs> Bloodborne had no blocking. You can only dodge, right? You right. could either dodge or the parry was using your offhand. You'd like the pistol in your offhand, right? Mm -hmm. uh, to 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 parry someone. Sekiro has um, blocking, but with your sword. There's no shields, so you can block with your sword and you know attack with your sword. Um, this goes, this does blocking with the sword, much like Sekiro. And a part of it is like trying to get staggers on the enemy, which is very Sekiro based. So I'd say it's probably a little bit, it's like a cross between Bloodborne and Sekiro in terms of some of the, like the from, uh, elements. Okay. Um, the story is fine. It's nonsense. It's whatever. Um, it's like, it's just like one of those stories that feels like it should be, it's like, it definitely doesn't have the, the weight that I like in the From games where it's, uh, but basically the, the simple, uh, explanation is 
Uh, you're playing as Pinocchio, right? Um, it's post him turning into a real boy. Uh-huh. Um, sort of, I guess. I don't know. Um, and then uh, there is this uh, magical uh, stuff called Ergo um, that, that can they can use to power puppets, right? And in this case, puppets are just a stand-in for robots. The story uh-huh. is basically I robot. The puppets, okay. the puppets, like j- went into a frenzy and started killing everybody. But not only that, to put a hat on a hat, the <laughs> there's also a plague for that's going around that's like mutating people. Okay. So there's monsters and there's pup there's pup frenzied puppets together. Um, <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Okay. Um, and it's like I like both of those elements. They're fine. It, I was just like, do we need both? Or... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair question. <laughs> like I think you could have just gotten away with the evil puppets and been fine. Uh, but you know what? I'm not going to argue. Bring on the mutants. You know. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to be like FromSoft. You gotta have monsters. They gotta. You gotta they have gotta monsters. And actually, the the boss I'm stuck on right now is uh, honestly one of the neat, the the coolest monster designs nice. uh, I've seen in one of these games. Um, so yeah, it, 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 they. All that being said, in terms of just like my personal taste of like, uh, you you could have maybe simplified some stuff. They went like full balls to the wall on the designs of of some of these on the puppets, on the monsters. It's it's pretty cool. Nice. Um, you know, it's funny as I'm listening to the score though, and I'm like, that sounds really familiar. And like various songs will have like, uh, and I'm not saying it's plagiarism or anything. It's probably just <laughs> like. It's probably just like, hey, this is an inspiration. So like, um, uh, what's that song from um, uh, Platoon? Um, it was like a, it's like a classical song. Um, oh, oh, oh! Um, I can hear it. I can hear it in my head. Um, is it? Yeah, that is one of the tragic classical pieces that they play. Uh, it's like. Uh, I'm gonna look it up. It's, it's like, uh, yeah, yeah. We gotta look that up. Platoon. Uh, Adagio for strings. Adagio for strings. Yeah. There's like, uh, you're in. When I was in the hotel, so the, there's a base of operations is a hotel in this city, right? Um, that you, that's kind of like in the center of the city. Uh, mm. There is a, the opening. Tones of the of the song in the safe room, safe area in the hotel. I was like, that feels like adagio for strings, and then it goes <laughs> off into another direction. But it's like the opening is so adagio for strings that I couldn't like ignore it. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I have, I've heard that the soundtrack is very very good. That's, it's very that's good. Cool. It's very good. Just like having heard like. I feel like I've heard enough. I've heard enough classical to pick up on the, like, oh, okay. I think I know, I like, what this is based on. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Yeah. Um, but. Jesus. Um, the, uh, I accidentally knocked my speaker off the desk. Um, <laughs> if you're angry, Kevin, we can just take a little break. Fine. I'm fine. I like the this game. Is what just, this is this is the Kevin you guys don't get to see uh, at home. This is the the rage Kevin. He's the rage, a, Ke- the real rage. Kevin. Angry guy. Angry. He's an angry just guy. an angry man. Um, I'm sure you can tell all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, despite all my complaints, <laughs> my numerous complaints about uh, Lies of P, it's very good. Um, those are just all the things that I don't like about it, basically. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like the, the the second Blasphemous game, where it's just like, because you're enjoying it as much as you are, there's going to be, you know... There, I find that I do complain more about games that I'm enjoying yes. uh, than ones that I don't. So, yeah, I feel that. Yes, I, I agree with that, yes. Um, the other game I've been playing is Void Stranger. Um, okay. I don't know how to describe it other than it's a black and white Sokoban game um, puzzle game with weird stuff going on like every 20 levels or so we get cutscenes and like hints of another game within the game oh this has got some this is some Game Boy shit oh, yeah um, I don't know how to talk about Voice Stranger really without okay spoiling or it's weird there's a lot of weird stuff it kind of like is pulling me keeps pulling me deeper okay um but i'll i'm sure someday i'll i'll be able to fully describe what the fuck is actually happening in this weird game (laughs) because it's just a puzzle game on it's it's just a puzzle game right Mm -hmm. on the surface that looks like a game boy game is it i don't know um anyway (laughs) <laughs> this looks very interesting. This might be worth it. This might be worth a whirl. Um, but yeah, so uh, that's that's what I've been playing. Nice. Um, and that'll do it for tonight's episode. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Before we go, uh, Phil, where should people go on the internet? If they just had a... If they were just looking at the... like. They're on Google. They're on yep. their Chrome browser or their Firefox or their Opera. Yep. Or their Safari or their Netscape Navigator. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they have an empty y- URL bar and they want to fill up that URL bar. Right. What what letters should they fill that up with? What words? Just off the top of my head, yes. like, and I'm just spitballing here, but I might consider uh, patreon.com slash pixel it pot that sounds like good letters that's a good those are good letters and i'll tell you what coincidentally enough a complete utter coincidence when you get there you can actually support uh, a wonderful podcast like this one not just like this one this one this uh, very one this very one not only uh, uh can you join uh any a number of three paying tiers uh that will get you uh, uh, uh all kinds of exclusive content and uh, help us out a whole heck of a lot uh, you can just join a free tier and be a part of the community and hang out with us and speaking of which this is the time of the show where we give a shout out to friendly friend friendly friend uh, they yes, are our geek a, scholar our geek scholar who who actually wrote us and said am i gonna be in the 40k episode <laughs> which, and friendly friend, yes you are my friend 
My friend, friendly friend, you are here. You are in the Warhammer 40k episode. There you go. Making history. Making history. Making moves. Making history. Um. Otherwise, if you want to go find us on the internet, you can go to the social media sites. Uh, X.com. Elon Musk's X.com. You, yeah. Have you heard of that site? That's that's really how you want it. it like like Bram Stoker's Dracula. It's Elon Bram Elon Stoker's Musk's Dracula. X. Elon Musk's X.com. Yeah. Equally horrific. Um, yes. <laughs> Without question. <laughs> um you can find us there uh, at Pixlet Pod. You can find us on Blueski um, at pixletpod.com. You can find us on Instagram at Pixlet Pod. You can find us on Tinder at Pixlet Pod. Mm-hmm. You can find mm-hmm. us on Grinder at Pixlet Pod. That's right. You can, you can find us on Farmers Only. <laughs> We got a couple of them on Farmers Only, if I'm being honest. Yeah. We got, uh, we're playing the field uh, on Farmers Only. <laughs> we're sowing the fields. So, oh, oh it was right there. <laughs> oh, I can't believe I fucking, oh, God damn it, Kevin. You're a better man than me. God damn it. Um, <laughs> Fuck. I'm really pissed. Like, I should have, it was right there. It was right there. Uh, oh fuck! So yeah, that's the end of the episode. I don't think we yeah. can come back from <laughs> from that. Uh, have a good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>